0: Children dream big dreams, really big, powerful dreams. When I was very young, I dreamt that I would travel around the world and visit storybook places and meet storybook people. My mother thought that was kind of cute and my father thought it was just naive and impossible. Maybe as we get to be adults, our dreams are too small, too constrained. God dreams too, and I know what God's dream is. God's dream is that we all may be one. The entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation is replete with references to the oneness of everything. The oneness of all creation, the oneness of, the oneness of humankind. The three lessons that we've read today Either implicitly or explicitly accept, ex, uh, 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 express the same hope, the same yearning, the same dream. Jeremiah's prophecy is a twofold prophecy. There's a huge backstory, uh, which simply goes to the fact that Jeremiah was prophesying at the time of the exile, or just prior to the exile in part. and, and his prophecy, was that Jerusalem would be defeated by the Babylonians, not because the walls weren't strong enough, but because not enough attention was paid to the poor. And he blamed the aristocracy of scattering the people, sowing division, and being inattentive, especially inattentive to the alien and the widow and the orphan, A, a, a A phrase which really means all those in need. But Jeremiah is also hopeful. At the end of the reading today, Jeremiah says there will be better leadership one day, and better leadership is leadership that is wise, just, and righteous. Wise, just, and righteous. Make a great job description for the rector of a church, wouldn't it? All three of these words in the Hebrew Bible are loaded with meaning. They're, they're pregnant with meaning. Someone who is wise is someone who uh, uh, is able to withstand the vicissitudes of life and get a lot out of it, enjoy it, enjoy it notwithstanding all of the difficulties that are part of life. Uh, the the uh, Proverbs, the wisdom of Solomon, uh, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiasticus, all these uh, books of the Hebrew Bible are, uh, di- are about wisdom, about what it takes to be a wise person. And I guess it's not uh, insignificant that wisdom is always personified as a female. My wife reminds me of that regularly. Justice, as I'm sure you know, in the, in the Bible, is not about retribution, it's about distribution. It's, about, it's not about getting even, it's about dealing with even-handedness. And, and the most uh, powerful of all three is the term righteousness, tzaddik in, the, in Hebrew. Uh, a righteous person is one who is in work, right relationship with God and with neighbor. It's all about being in right relationship. And so in effect, in fact, All three of these very, very important terms are about right relationship. They're about bringing people together. So the redemption for Israel, in in, uh, Jeremiah's mind, redemption that's required because of those who scattered the people is the reuniting, the bringing together of the people. The Gospel lesson uh, is more implicit than explicit, but it goes to the same point. Jesus is uh, besieged by people who want him all the time. I am confident that virtually everyone here has had the same experience that Jesus had. Experientially, not textually. but. Telephone won't stop ringing, the, the inbox won't empty, there's always, some, there's always more to do, there are people in the waiting room that need to, need to see you, there's just not enough time in the day, not even enough time for lunch. And that was the situation in which Jesus and the disciples found themselves in this, in this reading. So what to do? I mean, I've been in that position, and I know what to do. I close the office door and take 10 minutes to take a breath. But you see, that's not what's called for. Jesus saw that they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he had compassion, and he didn't stop, and he didn't take time out, because he was needed, and he was compassionate. And so I guess to... We can add to our job description of, uh, of uh, uh, wisdom, justice, and righteousness, we can add compassion for the job description for a new rector. Compassion is, is, is about bringing people together, is about uniting people, is about reaching across the lines that divide. And of course, Paul's letter to the Ephesians specifically about reaching across the lines that divide people. In that case, Paul's writing to, to uh, Greek Christians and Jewish Christians in Ephesus and saying that the backgrounds, our backgrounds, our stories, our traditions, our rituals, aren't important. We're all one. We're all in this together. Faith is a team sport. An issue which is very much on the minds of an awful lot of people these days is globalization. It's globalization, uh, I guess, is seen by some as a threat, a a threat to a way of life, um, a threat to a way of being. Globalization, though, would be the fulfillment of my dream about traveling around the world and going to storybook places, wouldn't it? In the church, in faith, In every faith tradition, globalization plays an important role. We are far more aware of other faith traditions today than we were when I was having those dreams. It's possible to resist that, but I suspect that uh, bringing all those elements together is just inevitable. It's not going to stop. It's a cliché to say that the world is getting smaller. I, within the past three years, I guess four years, I have uh, baptized the children of uh, Jewish and Christian parents. I've baptized the children of Buddha of, of uh, Hindu and Christian parents. I've married uh, 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 a Hindu to a Christian. I've married, uh, done a marriage within the within the rites of the uh, Church of South India. Uh, it the the the, the, the Lines that divide traditions of faith are fading. And I, for one, think that's a good thing. We have so much to learn from one another and so much to give to one another. And of course, the trick is that we want, I think, we want to learn and we want to share, we want to give. We need to find ways to do it without surrendering our own identity. But that's not to say that we, we can't share, and we can't learn, and we can't grow by doing it. In fact, the history of the church, the history of faith around the world has been pretty much that. It's just that today it's way more accelerated than ever, than ever before. So globalization, in, in my view anyway, is in partial fulfillment of God's dream of oneness of wholeness, of the redemptive love of people who aren't necessarily like one another coming together and learning to love one another. The Sunday school teacher used to always finish her class with the youngsters with the familiar uh, nursery school rhyme, uh, here's the church and here's the steeple, open the door and see all the people. One day a new child was brought into the classroom and uh, the teacher noticed right away that the child was handicapped and unable to use her left hand, her left arm. She hoped silently that the other children wouldn't make fun of her, wouldn't tease the new new girl. But went on with the class and and, uh, as she finished, she began her ritual and said, all right now children, here's the church and as the words were coming out of her mouth, she realized that she was doing exactly what she hoped the children would not do, and that is put this new child at a disadvantage. And she looked over at the child, and the boy sitting next to her, the little boy sitting next to her, had lent her his left hand so that together they could say, here's the church and here's the steeple, open the door. Children have big, wonderful redemptive dreams. God has big, wonderful, redemptive dreams for us. May they be our dreams, too. Amen.